Actually, I, my family's got a uh, email chain going around right now about COVID-19 and how everyone's doing and everything. But the subject line for the email is just the situation. So every time, <laughs> every time one of my cousins piles onto the thread or something, I get really excited and then remember, oh, no, it's about a very serious disease. Situation. <laughs> situation. <laughs> That's funny stuff. <laughs> But we're not talking about Jersey Shore this time. We're talking about the reggae. The Fall, part two. Yes. Guys, uh, so we really did take a week off between recording last week's and this week's, which we usually yeah, are we had like. To, we had to don't heal we always up. do we that? Had to, we had to renovate the Wait a minute, I the forgot. House. Yeah, we had to renovate the house. We usually do do that, though. We do usually do-do. renovate and do-do <laughs> yep. and all that and et cetera. Yeah, I had to take down all my dick statues. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Leave it. It's what they read. <laughs> oh my God. Can you even imagine that if we got to that part of the movie in this podcast, I would be, I don't, I don't I think it's it. possible. I, I just wish that I had watched it all again tonight. Zach, we're going to get there. Someday, maybe I we'll mean, even it's... maybe we'll jump ahead. Maybe we don't have to be chronological today. Yeah, maybe we should just jump around. Oh, jump, that's jump. that's making me feel sick to my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I know this might be jumping ahead, but in the wedding scene, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like honestly that. Well, okay, no, never mind. I, I would be jumping ahead. We can't actually talk about the wedding thing. Bob Dole is gorgeous. (laughs) Okay. All right. So last I checked, I did re-listen to uh, what we talked about last week. And we were talking about the uh, art department guy who married Catherine O'Hara. Oh, yeah. Bo Welch, obviously. And then before that, we were talking about the scene where we meet the Keelys. We originally meet the Keelys. We hear Barbie talk about how she's 17 and a half and has been having sex with this guy for a year. <laughs> she tells a string of easily provable lies. Talks about him being a cultural attache to Greece. <laughs> um, and in my notes, that means that we should start with, where's your little chippy? <laughs> Just... Which is Albert's costume. Albert has done costume change. Albert's stage show as, what's her name, Starina. Includes a costume change that ends with this, like, a Judy Garland, blackout clown? teeth, freckle clown <laughs> character. She appears to be, apparently, it's, what I can, can gather is that the entire show culminates in a in a hobo clown Judy Garland performance. Is it, like, capitalism? Like, it's like you start as this, like, big game hunter, poacher, like, very impossibly rich woman. Mm-hmm. And at the, at the end of the show, you're this horrible little sooted up hobo. I bet it's like something like that, but like way deeper. I see. Even deeper oh, I than like that. that. Wait, but what's the Judy Garland thing? What? How? How does dressing up? It's, as like it's, it's something from a Star Is Born. I think it's like one of her show, one of her performances. Oh, is that like a line? No, no, the costume. The costume. Oh, yeah, oh, I, oh, okay. I think A Star is Born was Lady Gaga, not Judy Garland. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. Man, oh. it, that was, I, I could feel that one coming, and I still couldn't. We couldn't get out of the way. It was going to happen. <laughs> Hang away, it said. Guys. <laughs> Isn't it a Barbara Streisand movie? I thought that was a Barbara Streisand movie. 
Hey, wait, hey, wait. Hey, uh, suppose somebody's just tuning into this uh, episode for the first time. <laughs> they, they've never listened to any one of these before. That's, maybe we I should give them a little bit of background. That's really, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe it's a good point to, I, I would love to meet the person who's jumping into the like, bird cage part two. Birdcage part two, fine. Episode of the Jersey Shore. That's exactly who I am. Of the Jersey Shore podcast. They're like, let me get into this. If I were a child, if I were like 13 and I lived in this time period and not in the late 90s, if I found a podcast that was talking about the birdcage and Jersey Shore, I'd be like, what the hell did I just find? I'll tell you what, I think what would actually happen. Wait, how old are you in this hypothetical scenario? 13. Okay, then I think you would have been excited. I think if this had happened after you were 19, you would have been like, oh, that's, I should have done that. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I am doing this. Yeah. Thank you. Good night, everyone. We are the ones we've been waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) So for years. Go ahead, ahead, please. No, you go ahead. For years. Oh, it's fine. We're four former roommates. We're four former roommates. For years, we were four former roommates. Now we are (laughs) four former roommates. Becky, honestly, that's where I thought you were going. And I was so ready for just like a new epic intro to the four of us of four years. We lived together in one (laughs) apartment. One bathroom, one kitchenette. That one Um, bathroom situation... I always look back on that and with uh, yeah, with with a sense of wonder at how well it worked. That's how I always feel when I. Think I'm, about it. I'm, oh yeah, it was like gangbusters. It was terrific. Truly humble. Oh my god! For, it could... Of course, the Mother's Day massacre of like what 2011. Wait, there what's was, that? There was a Sunday morning, like it was on Mother's Day one year, and one of us was in the bathroom and wasn't coming out and the rest of us were all waking up ready to poop for the morning. Mm, I do remember that. Our daily constitutional. We were all very stressed out. (laughs) I ended up going to Starbucks down the street and there was um, a couple, I was like third in line and a couple came out of the Starbucks. Oh. And I was like, you guys were having sex in there and I have to poop. (laughs) Brutal. I will say it is very funny, a very funny commentary on the people who lived in that apartment that like the the time that it became a problem that we shared a bathroom was not like 8 a.m. on a Monday morning, but rather like a Sunday, probably at like 11. Yeah, like one very, very lazy Sunday. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a there. Wasn't, people didn't have to get down to Wall Street or something. Exactly. No, no way. Guys. <laughs> The birdcage. I don't think we're going to get roommates. I got, I got a lot more to say about that bathroom if we've got the time. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I go pee pee. I, <laughs> I go pee pee. Becky would say I go pee pee while she was in there. I would always get up and then like keep talking though and then just stand in front of the door. And then if somebody else got up because they had to go to the bathroom, I'd inch closer to block them. But really, you I would. needed to make sure it was available. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was also like a, a, it was like a passing lane kind of, because mm-hmm. our apartment was so small and so tight, you sometimes had to step into the bathroom just to get out of the way of somebody else moving through the apartment. That's yeah, or sometimes, or sometimes you had to step into the bathroom because it's the only safe place to get like sprayed by a water gun. Ah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, God. That was a stressful time. That was a, t- that was a tough summer. Yeah, I'm <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> I'm scared. So guys, so okay. Wait, 
about the bathroom though it reminds me and you can cut this out because this oh my lord Sorry. what happened my ruler fell <laughs> oh you were measuring your dick again yeah what's the measure bex <laughs> well not tiny bringing it right back but about that bathroom it feels mm. like I remember. Well, let's, let's forget it. I, anyway, I was waiting. Too gross. I was like, "Is it?" No, real? it's too gross because it was about the the time uh, Julia Dyer made uh, red velvet oh cupcakes. Oh yeah, my so cousin much- made red velvet cake that needed not a regular grocery store size of food coloring. It needed a, like an industrial strength and full like double size. It was like you were. You're, it had like a, like physical... a ketchup bottle. Yeah. <laughs> like and, a then, and then we ate them and we were very happy. And the next morning we went to the bathroom. We all thought we had a bowl or yeah, something. Like, we... I feel like it took us a few days to feel comfortable enough to be like, so. So I'm dying. What poop is. <laughs> <laughs> I have an aggressive form of some kind of gastroenterological disease. So I know the color and of I'm... poop can tell you what's wrong with you, but I don't know what blood red means yeah. i have to go to the hospital we should all go. anyway it was Does very exciting else want to go to the hospital <laughs> <laughs> okay the birdcage ready here you go okay no we're finally at the scene where hagador is like are you afraid of my guatemalan no no we my are not sure you're not there i i thought we only made it to the to the confrontation out on the patio the yeah the that's pool. where we are we're, we're at my notes my notes I, I don't know who's my little chippy uh where's your little chippy where's but, your little chippy and then she, and then Agador, uh sorry then albert finds out that it's it's val because uh i guess albert didn't see the big twist coming that it was the sun so uh <laughs> so the next day albert is in in what is maybe just like the saddest recollection of how life or maybe the most perfect recollection of what life was like before quarantine albert is like walking through this like bustling miami market yeah. where like a like lobster is spraying him and he's just he's knowing literally everyone. spraying he's him with what <laughs> random people he's like squeezing the shoulder of strangers yes because passed by yeah and 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 yeah, it's just very like close. Everyone's like bumping into each other. Yeah, there's and then like men this- in speedos rollerblading like through where there's like not enough room for a person to go through. Yeah, like, they're like trying to squeeze through a six inch space. It's, it's exactly. It's like a. It's like the opening scene of uh, Beauty and the Beast come to life in <laughs> Miami Beach, and he's Belle. Absolutely, and he's Belle. He is Belle. Oh my <laughs> gosh! You- everybody, everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, then, and then he goes in this bakery and uh, and 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 helps himself to a freaking cookie, the schnecken. So what is the schnecken? I looked it up. <sighs> <laughs> so schnecken is German for uh, like snail or snail shell. It's a pastry that looks like a snail shell, so it must be pieces of pastry. How now, lovely. now here's where things get a little interesting. Schnecken is plural. So it should be when the Schnecken beckon, which would actually be a better oh, rhyme as well. Wow. 
Oh, wow. Nick and Beckett. Oh, wow. I hope Elaine May, if you're listening. Elaine, uh... I hope you're embarrassed. By the way, I've spent the last week listening to so much Nichols and May on Spotify, and yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> it's good. Go on. It's so good, but in such an intimate, ultimately not that showy way. Like, you can tell mm. that they, they must have been doing something so new, but the sketches are like, it was like a doctor doing surgery, being like, forceps, clamp, gauze, and the woman saying it back to him. Forceps, forceps, whatever, whatever. And this is going to sound horrible on the podcast, whatever. And uh, so he's like asking for things for surgery. And then finally he's like, and I love you. And she's like, I'm not going to say it back. It's really funny. And, uh, so I just it's all audio? To say like, yeah, it's all audio. Um, Nichols and May, very, very funny. Nice. Oh, for sure. Guys, can we talk about this next scene? And yeah. I'd like to start I'd like to start talking about uh the Bo Welch set design. Of this kitchen uh, with an exercise bike in it? Why <laughs> is why is Armand oh. eating breakfast on an exercise bike? It feels so natural, of course. I see, I see there's a I have it pulled up here. There's a a, a hanger. Hanging from the exercise bike with like a sweater on. Like they needed to hang something, yeah. I wonder I just... if it makes it onto their. Um, I, I told you guys I found like an Etsy place that does like that did the uh, floor plan. I wonder if they included it in their kitchen. Oh my god! Mm. Oh, nice. It does seem like a very like they have an expansive space above the theater here. But their kitchen seems like they're living in a, a New York apartment or something. Everything <laughs> like is cramped like, in. Thank God there's yeah. room for a for an island. <laughs> I don't think they cook a lot. You know, later on during the dinner party scene. Okay, I know we're jumping ahead. Stay with me. But when we see that shot, I was like clocking the refrigerator door opening. Val goes to open the refrigerator door in this scene, and it blocks like half the frame. Did you guys notice that? There's yeah. like a part where Val is going in to get like juice or something and it cuts off yeah. half the frame. And I was like, oh, well, now I know what the like orientation of the door opening for their fridge is. Later on during the dinner party scene, we're seeing when he, with that little vestibule he's in, when he's like, fuck the shrimp. And he's, and like Agador is sitting there. That's yeah. where the camera's supposed to be. The camera is, would be there facing. Wow. Like where the camera is for that. Like that's the cameras facing each other. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I do. It's the camera is right where it's the fridge's point of view. Is that what you're saying? The fridge's point of view. Right. So you can tell like from the way they open the fridge, it's now in the opposite area. So you can tell you're looking the other direction. Are you saying that this, their home is physically impossible? Yes. Oh, it's, oh, I see. It's the Overlook Hotel. Oh. There's the carpet. The carpet, it's a, it, but it's a cycle. It's a kind of psychological torture. It's like the entire movie is a commentary on identity and reality, and what does that even mean? For sure, exactly. What identity? My kitchen looks like this. No, my kitchen's in drag. <gasps> mm. my kitchen's in drag. It's too bad I don't have to title interesting titles for this. These kinds of podcasts. <laughs> this will be called like birdcage part two but oh man if that's the title then my job's done i'm just, every episode i'm just trying to get the title the kitchen's in track did, did you want to talk about your watermelon yeah. oh, so for yeah. years for years this is what i was saying earlier i thought he was saying my watermelon is 
like just saying mm. watermelon's kind of weird. And uh-huh. I guess he thought I thought he was talking about his pecs being like big boobies. My watermelon sure. is my natural heat. <laughs> but it turns out he's talking about being from Guatemala. I see. Right. Now, right. yes, of course. Where his mother was a high priestess and his father was what? The shaman? The shaman, yes. They're so stupid. What did Hank Azaria do to his body to to prepare for this for this moment? I have no idea. He looks like he's in better physical condition than anyone ever <laughs> that was ever born. Yeah, if, he, if if they made this movie now, you would be able to Google it. And like Hank Azaria's diet for <laughs> yeah. It's like Kumail getting so jacked. Yeah. 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 No schneckin', that's for sure. But there he goes. Definitely I, no schneckin'. He to me seems like the kind of person for whom that might have been like fairly natural, either in the sense that like he's just in great shape or he like sort of just naturally was like, Oh, I like to work out because he's sort of like a naturally athletic. I, yeah, I, I always just assumed he was just like happened to be just super buff. That's interesting. What is this role of houseman that they have? Like, is is this a common thing, do you think? Does everybody have one of these? Or did everyone in the 90s? I don't remember growing up with a houseman. Or is it because it's a theater they also need? Like, is he just a... I, I'm confused about what his role is overall. I, I think that he's an unpaid intern. And he's trying to get into the show. He's their yeah, housekeeper. No, he's housekeeper. They, yeah. They the later they talk about they ran through a string of them. This was the they there was <laughs> Bruno. He's constantly there. He does yeah. he live with them? I don't get the sense that he is a live-in houseman. Now I have something else to say actually about this kitchen scene. Yeah, please. So I noticed Val has, you could say three parents besides Christine Baranski because Agador at some point when Val pulls out the orange juice is like, hey, 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 and hands him a glass. Yeah. And it's like, so what is this, the relationship? That he's able to like gently chide, like they must also have a years long. He's like the nanny. Yes, that seems like He's also a nanny. Yeah, he's the Fran Drescher. He is the the Fran Drescher, actually. that uh, That really works for me. Can you even, like, another wish fulfillment thing of this, can you even imagine being raised by Robin Williams, Nathan Lane, and (laughs) Hank Azaria in this movie? You're, like, seven, and you're like, look what I learned at school. And they're all like, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's such a delight. And he's such a pisser about it, where he's, like, he's a little embarrassed by them. So often I am, I get so upset with, Dan Futterman's character, he's such a bitch so much of the time. He really yeah, is, for yeah. sure. The older I get, the more I'm like, this kid sucks. He's asking so much of them and putting them through so much for what? Yeah. Yeah. And they really never give him a hard time about it. Well, it's and- like they're all of their ire is kind of directed at the there's one point where he says, like, I don't want to talk to you or whatever. But the most of the ire is directed at uh uh, yeah, Gene Hackman. I mean, it's yeah. just like, well, and also like, what's the long term plan here? <laughs> right. Oh yeah. No, it doesn't. It, it, what happened? They're gonna get through this dinner, and then, and then, and then they're gonna, they're gonna do they're what keep the up wedding. a lie. They just keep up a lie for the rest of their lives. <laughs> this is what a seventeen and a half year old like thinks you can do and get away with if you just like work hard enough. It's it's 
I, I, I respect how the brevity of how how quickly they move past it. Though. <laughs> They're just like it's yeah we're just yeah so they have to do this and that's the most important thing. We're not I, look get. look it's a good farcical setup. We just need to get there. Okay. Yeah, we gotta get this machine <laughs> going. Speaking of, we have to fool these people. It just is true. Um, well, why would Gene Hackman agree to even go to this? Uh, why would he agree to? His wow. uh, daughter's daughter getting married, unless Uh-oh. something, unless some huge political scandal suddenly fell into his lap in uh in a single unbroken shot. <laughs> Is uh, it a single shot? So can I can I, can I, I break in with the uh, like what's happening when he when the phone rings? Because yes. this is one of my favorite lines in the movie. Is it's a TV show where four people are just screaming at each other. From chairs and Gene Hackman's like watching like she's like I think he's like wearing his spectacles uh in this shot and he's like And he's one of the people on TV. It's, it's a it's a bunch oh, of yeah, senators, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the most intelligent <laughs> it's the most intelligent show on television. And they're all screaming at each other. It's great. Oh my god. And then he's is this a scene where he's dictating uh like proofy notes to his secretary yeah. on what it looks like he's on page one of like a thousand page <laughs> poem. Yeah. yeah and, and the correction is it's it's porno not pronto <laughs> the idea that there's a government report with the word porno <laughs> Mm-hmm. I um, assumed this was like his autobiography or something. Well, it's the it's it's the platform. It's the platform right. for the committee for uh, order. Okay. And yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's <laughs> and it's she says it's the perfect platform, and then <laughs> the next line is uh, your campaign manager is on the phone mm-hmm. and he has to speak to you, uh, and then he finds out that is uh, the co-author of this uh, moral order platform is uh has died has died from a heart attack from having sex which was a very popular way to die in the 90s yeah for sure well it's it's based on um famously the uh nelson rockefeller uh he the governor of new york and uh, vice presidential candidate uh was uh reportedly died with the arms of his uh lover in uh of a heart attack Oh dear. This became Mm -hmm. such a cultural phenomenon. I remember this was just like the way you would die in death becomes her. There's a character this like very, very like tertiary character. (laughs) Is this also what happens to the president at the beginning of Dave? I think so. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, the prostitute from the video. That's like, but he didn't, he didn't whatever. So I didn't, he didn't smile. He was smiling, so I didn't worry. Yeah, that was the. <laughs> I think that girl is the girl from Boy Meets World when they're in college. You're absolutely right. I think from high school, high school from and high college. School. I think that she went to John Adams High. Oh. I have a quick question for you guys. This is a little off track. Is that okay? Absolutely. Sure. Do Do you think it's called John Adams High because the guy who played Mr. Feeney played John Adams in uh, on stage and screen of 1776? I really hope so. Okay. We can move on. <laughs> now, I noticed there's a scene where it's a scene where Senator Keeley is creeping back into his bedroom window. Oh, for through the orchard? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Diane Weist, I looked that's it up. We're gonna, we're gonna call and that's it. That's what we're going with. Um, is throwing away a bunch of boxes in the room. And looking back, I knowing what I know about Senator Keeley being like a candy addict, probably because he gave up smoking or whatever. 
or just sees a big candy head, I guess. She's throwing away like empty boxes of chocolate, I think. I think she might be no, throwing away no, some full boxes of chocolate. She's dumping full boxes of chocolate into, <laughs> oh into trash cans. Because later Which he eats like, one out of the trash. Yeah. Now Easter eggs. Yeah. I love the very simple joke of, uh, what was it? It's so dangerous you could have fallen. And he says, I did. I did. It's <laughs> <laughs> very simple. I don't even know if it's a joke. It's just very funny. Anyway. I like funny. it. Always gets a laugh. Now, would anyone be interested to know how old Callista Flockhart was when she filmed this thing? Did we get into this last week? I think we did get into it. I think we, we did. It. I think we got into it and got out of it. And she was 30 or 32, something like that. Yeah, 32. Okay, all right. Withdrawn. <laughs> but did I get into everyone else's ages? Or it's no? worth no. bringing up again. I want to hear other ages. It is insane. Yeah, it's very, very relevant. Nathan Lane is only eight years older than Calista Flockhart. What? Wow, yes. okay. And Gene Hackman is 20 years older than Robin Williams. Really? Wow. What? Yes. Gene Hackman... Wow, so Gene Hackman's very old now. I guess he hasn't yes, acted he's in a while. He was born in 1930, he's, so he's turning 90 this year. He's He's been in like full retirement for a decade. He, I don't think he's wow. appeared in a, a movie. I, I haven't either. seen that guy around. Hell of no, a career. I, mean, I think, he, I think he, he announced. I remember around the same time, him and Sean Connery, and then like, and then a couple <laughs> years later, like Jack Nicholson said, like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> not making any more movies. <laughs> going to Lakers games. Attention, next scene. The next scene, I feel, has one of Brian's favorite lines. Although it may be Collins. So this is the scene (laughs) where uh, Nathan Lane is rehearsing his act and trying to develop this new song that Robin Williams, really Stephen Sondheim, has written. This does have some of my favorite lines in it, this scene. So I feel like Brian's favorite line, or maybe Collins, maybe both. But I have a stronger sense that I've heard Brian say it more. Is sweetie, you're wasting your gum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Nathan yeah. Lane is upset that his yeah. rehearsal partner is chewing gum because it helps him think. Mm-hmm. I do love it. it. Might be Collins, but I do love it. It's not my favorite line. There's so well, many. It's, it's but the, I love it. I'm glad you brought it up. It's top ten for sure. How about this one? Try more gum. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, it's wonderful. Fairy dust, fairy dust, fairy dust. Yes, it's an eclectic celebration of dance. So then this happens. So then it's this Robin happens. Williams moment of the movie. It's really pretty extraordinary that this this thing happens in this movie, and I don't I don't even quite understand. It cut out. What did you say? Oh my god! I gotta know what he was gonna say. He was saying underbelly, underwhelming, which I'm surprised to hear Zach say that. I would be surprised as well. Brian, are you frozen too? Let's kick this pig. Love it. Piglet. So we had a bit of technical difficulties, but now we're back. We were talking about the uh, eclectic celebration of dance that Robin Williams was doing uh, to demonstrate how good he is at doing multiple characters within one character montage. Uh, I felt that it was a very subdued performance. Very impressed by that. And I felt that it was very earned in the context of the movie. Mm. And I felt that it would have been good direction to Robin Williams himself, the direction he's giving to this other young actor of doing Fosse, 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 Twilight, 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 but keeping it all inside, which I think Robin Williams does a good job of in this role. Which is also a a hilarious joke. (laughs) It's a hilarious joke. Mike Nichols suggested it as an improv to Robin Williams. 
Uh, oh, really? I read an article that was talking about how Mike Nichols as a director was very like, he would tell you how to do the joke, but make it think it was your idea, which I feel like it makes me curious about if that's why he might have been such a good direct actor's director is that he would be like, well, here's my instinct for this. So I'll just like mention it as a question and you'll do it. Interesting. I don't know. No, I bet you're right. It's such a funny, but it's such a funny slam on the guy. The guy really he gets he gets really yeah he gets really owned by Ron Williams there. Yeah. yeah also, really. the guy is not gonna do Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Fosse, Twyla. Like that <laughs> guy's a head, turd in his brain. Like not even all he's supposed to do is sit there. Yeah. The direction is don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> But it's wrapped up and gussied up in this highfalutin, you can be everyone. Highfalutin yeah. dance lesson. Um, so Robin Williams gets called up by Val, yeah. right? To look at the, take a good hard look at your horrible apartment. <laughs> and I just want to yeah. say two things here. Robin Williams sweat stains on his shirt make me <laughs> so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so he's so truly sweaty like there's no getting around it there's no way they meant for those sweat stains to be a thing so they created them those just are his sweat stains under his armpits and breasts they're at his <laughs> boobs it's so funny <laughs> boobies are sweating and i love it the other thing i want to say is when Val's trying to prove a point about just how gay everything is, he wipes a finger down Robin Williams, his father's face, it's then wipes so it on the wall to show that insulting. he wears foundation. You First of all, you just ruined that wall. How dare they just you? just had the wall sponge painted. <laughs> oh my God. Second, not everyone gay wears foundation, but also if this person chooses to wear foundation, good for you, you noticed. Like... Also, such a judgment on that. Can I just say that Poseidon sculpture is a classic. The Kirby, <laughs> that's art. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and even in uh, in the lie, he's a cultural attache to Greek. <laughs> why wouldn't you have all this stuff? Yeah, totally. Also, yeah, why would you have it's not like, like? It's not like he's supposed to be like. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to diss anybody by making a, a making up a boring job, but it's like. Yeah, we've really got to tone this down. We've got to take <laughs> yeah. out all the character and make this a totally lifeless apartment. This guy's just someone whose whole job is like cultural relations between nations. Right, to like he's, own he's already a very worldly person. Yeah, definitely leave the Poseidon statue. Yeah. Which Greek. later on when he says uh, when he says he played what football or whatever and Gene yeah. Hackman's like, where? And he's like, Greece. <laughs> it's like what are you talking about did you grow up in greece as an american boy attache like what are we talking about right all right i let i personally like when he turns the statues around so that the penises are facing the other way and then it's that just their butts great gag it's just, it's just their butts it's like it's such a funny i don't know so we're cutting back over to the keelys and uh obviously since there has been a ladder propped up against the upstairs window the press would eventually catch on that that is how you're getting into and out of the house uh but gene hackman still is caught unawares that the press would know that this ladder existed and i just want to notice that one of the reporters the one from the national Enquirer, who follows them all the way to florida 
is played by the great Tom McGowan, a.k.a. Oh, yeah. the counselor from Heavyweights, a.k.a. I saw him walking on the Upper West Side once. Oh, wow. He's fantastic. He's so this good is, in this. Also, you alluded to one of the the like very sketchy, uh, like sketch comedy scenes, which I would could never really happen, but I don't mind because I love it so much when Gene Hackman climbs out of the window to go down the ladder and suddenly realizes that there's just a ring of reporters around yeah. the ladder. <laughs> yeah. Flash like, photography. There's no way he wouldn't be aware of that as he was climbing out, but it it it's worth it because it leads to the, such a great scene of him trying to like uh, give a press <laughs> conference while extricating himself back up into the window. Yeah. He's also like looking looking back over his shoulder. It's like so undignified. Yeah, <laughs> hilarious. Oh boy! Uh, can I point out something also in that uh, scene upstairs? It, it it featured something that I feel like was rife in '90s movies which was uh, a character watching uh, Leno and Leno doing a joke about something from the movie. Oh, yeah. It was like, I feel like yeah. that was the <laughs> yeah. constant thing in my life. Was Leno like, must have made so much car money just being a walking, talking cameo machine. Well, he's always yeah, got it, time, right? <laughs> show's not on until 11.30. Didn't one of you guys tell me that like he would, like after he... Re- recorded the tonight show that he would fly to vegas and do stand-up like many of the nights that he performed oh, for sure i didn't know that that must he famously been. famously uh this is always the stupid joke he famously, famously never he uh he he didn't spend any of his tonight show money he lived all on his he lived on his stand-up money entirely and banked every dollar he made uh on the tonight show i've wow. never spent any of the money that i've made on uh the tonight show Guys, if you can believe Ditto. it, I've never spent any of the money that I've made on this podcast. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Ditto. As, although Amazon keeps trying to apply that uh, uh-huh. gift card to my orders, but I, each time I say no. We got a $20 gift card for signing up with Buzzsprout, which distributes a show Ooh. to you and yours. Um, but we haven't used it yet. We don't know how. So, okay. I also want to notice, this is a little bit skipping ahead because we don't meet the photographer yet. But the photographer that goes around with Tom McGowan is Grant Heslov, a.k.a. the producing and writing partner of George Clooney. Huh. Incredible. Oh, wow. An incredible detail. He's in, I, it's always... He's in he's ER, in is he? Is he in ER? Hmm? Is he in ER? I don't know. I don't remember his face from anywhere else, but he's No, you're thinking of George familiar. Clooney. He plays George, ER? Yes, George Clooney Wait was a on ER. <laughs> George Clooney was on ER. Jeremy Piven? Did you say, did you say Eeyore? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, what I Sorry. He, he plays Eeyore? Donkey. He's the voice of the donkey. He's the titular Eeyore. Okay. So uh, I don't remember who said it, but I wrote in my notes, I hurt my thing. Who says that? That made me laugh. I don't know. But it's right before the scene where um, where it's leave it, it's what they read, where they're redecorating this house with the aforementioned nipply lemon trees. Oh, uh, right, yeah, this is where, uh, again, a, a very non-social distancing scene where uh, they're out and about um, and and Robin Williams can't let Nathan Lane get back to the house because they're redecorating. And That's what it is. What right. is the plan? 
what is his plan here? He's, he's stalling. He doesn't have another stalling plan. Stalling for what? He, he's, to tell he's, his beloved that he's not allowed to exist. Funniest thing I've ever seen is him. I heard my thing. I heard my I mean, thing. My ankle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so, so, so they get back up there. Hence, this begins what I did rewatch tonight. This scene of leave it; it's what they read, and they're like taking things out of the apartment, putting things into the apartment, so that it looks more conventional. Which I think is funny because they've managed to make it just like sternly Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> they're just putting up what appears to be just like burlap uh curtain like <laughs> yeah <this>. like <laughs> punishment materials yeah. and then the and then the nancy drew books for no reason which oh, there's also not enough reveal. of them to make the whole collection that's such a great <laughs> reveal too oh my god oh i just love it so much i can't believe this nathan is trying to go home it's just just the trying thing. to go home and, the... nathan, and then robin williams heard his thing and then he heard his thing so they get up there. Albert realizes he's been uninvited for being too gay. Well, they've been robbed, obviously. Well, they've been but, robbed. No, they've been robbed. <laughs> he embarrasses his his stepson, you know, and they leave to go to this restaurant, mm-hmm. which is, I yeah. think, if the dinner party didn't exist in the movie, this would be the funniest scene in all of this cinematic the- history. I completely yeah. agree. The 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 shrimp scene, I think we can go ahead and call that one funniest scene in movie the funniest history. scene in history. Absolutely. This this is the second funniest scene in history. This is a, this is perfect. This is, this is so like, funny. You just can't go to pieces. You have to say to yourself, Albert, you pierce the toast. Yep. So what? In the world? <laughs> this is like the start and I I think this is where it would happen in a in the movie. This seems like it ought to be the start of a montage of uh, how to act straight, but it and and they sort of do that. But it seems like they were like every single scene of the montage we try and do is just a gold, solid gold it's scene. So, so we have funny. to keep the full thing. Of yeah, course. you have to keep the whole thing, dialogue, and everything. Nathan Lane being John Wayne. Then Nathan Lane spreading the toast and piercing the toast with his pinky up. <laughs> Robin Williams getting that guy into a fight even though he's eight feet tall. And then, like, how about those dolphins? Well, how do you think I feel? Betrayed? Bewildered? <laughs> I mean, it's the amount of just, like, tension in every moment where, like... Robin Williams is like trying to just like correct Nathan Lane's posture, and Nathan Lane is just like screaming and slapping. Him. <laughs> it's just oh, like, like there I, is no. I have a, like, there a, a moment that question. isn't just like vibrating with like uh, how funny it is. I wondered at several points in this movie, and maybe one of you knows: was this filmed on location, or like are all of the people mm. we see outside extras, or? What are there people who are real people? I I assume that it must all be fake that this is on a set and everybody's extras, but it's so perfect. I'm just so curious. Could it be so... both? Could it be on location and extras? Is that possible? Yeah. This is sure. This is absolutely shot in Miami Beach. We walked uh, last time before the quarantine. Alicia and I saw. Uh, Paid homage and pilgrimage to the uh, birdcage <laughs> location. Well done, well and done. It is a perfect uh, 
Art Deco hotel, and it looks it looks great. But they're definitely oh there's definitely extras. You would never trust I, like a rando. I mean, it feels. It, I think they use the Safdie brother method, and these are all just found uh, non professional <sighs> street people. But everyone signed a release. Yeah, it's just they just. Or say since we don't see we don't see anyone's face, does do you have to get a release for that? You you gotta get released for seeing their seeing their buttons. All <laughs> I'm seeing is thong and, booties. Yeah. So okay, I just want to say one more thing. Um, during the scene when. Armand and Albert are at the restaurant trying to figure out how to act straight, quote unquote. Um, one of the lines that I think doesn't get its due is I, I'm, um, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Go Robin goes, "Stop trembling." <laughs> I, I I really like that line. Someone a lot. who's trembling. <laughs> Getting yelled at to stop trembling. <laughs> but there's nothing else to be done. Like, there is nothing to be done but to tell Albert to stop. Like, there's no... Stop trembling. He's stop. like, play, he's doing his mustard on his toast, which, yeah. when has anyone ever put mustard on toast? But that's I, I what's make, happening in this scene. I want to make two points here. If you go back and you look at the dishes that they're brought out, it is not like, anything. They ask for, uh, they ask for the regular. Yeah, the usual regulars. Toast and it's supposed to be two pieces of toast, lettuce, and tomato. And, and like yeah. parsley. Yeah, and parsley. <laughs> uh, and, then I think, and then I think that just maybe the, like, the funniest ever is when he puts on that sun hat. And then, uh, Good. And then Armand says, nice, nice touch. touch. Nice touch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, also yeah. when he know? when he does the walk and and he turns around, he's like, "No good." And Robin Williams says, "Actually, it was perfect." I just never realized John Wayne walked like that. <laughs> <laughs> did. Oh my god! Uh, Mike Nichols during this scene had to be covered with sound blankets because he was laughing too hard. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm not surprised. Is that true? That's what I read on the internet a bunch of oh, times. I love that. Like a ghillie suit. Yep. <laughs> it's also amazing that uh, like Robin Williams is uh, being the director in this moment and and keeping it together and <laughs> trying to do his best but he also is not prepared to act the part of a straight man right uh, right yeah, like yeah, when yeah. we get to that he's so out of his element doing that yeah. when he stands like, up to the guy Kostongos. yeah yeah <laughs> 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 the guy's the guy's reaction is also so great he's like why are you being such an asshole to me yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, why are you being so um, rude well, he says why are you being such a prick which is kind of intense but he says it in such a sweet way and then armand says actually i was uh, he says why are you being such an asshole then when the guy gets up he says Actually, I was checking to the asshole behind you. <laughs> then it's heavily implied that he got like thunked in the head by like this very tall giant. Well, that the guy sat on him and pounded yeah. his head. He into didn't the even ground. know how to box. But <laughs> so is that because actually I was talking to the asshole behind you? Is that like a way of saying like I was talking to your butthole? I think I know. think it was just like uh, I don't buy it. Like it didn't think, work. Yeah, I think he was trying yeah. to trying to back out, and the guy he had he had crossed the Rubicon. Amen, the giant con. So okay, here we are. Um, it's ironic, isn't it, when you need a woman, 
they realize they need a woman. They're not going to pass Albert mm-hmm. off as straight enough to count for not needing a woman. So they need a woman. I always wondered uh, as a child, why was it ironic to not need a woman? Because you don't actually need women. But that must be like if you're gay. Yeah, it must be it must be a gay thing. So, yeah, but they're like, so. I would never need a woman. But what about like for the things you'd need a woman for? Which I guess is only to have a baby. I guess yeah, they weren't I, doing that all the time back then. I think it's a gay thing. It's so yeah, it's I ironic. Think, I think it's you need a woman. I think I think it might be irony. Great. Okay, that <laughs> clears it up, and I'm and happy it, for that. that. <laughs> And with that thrilling conclusion to the first half of this film, yeah. speaking of crossing the we, Rubicon. We truly are actually very close to the one hour mark. This oh, is, this is the midpoint. This is, we're right there. Speaking of crossing the Rubicon, they're crossing wow. the bridge. They're going to see uh, Ann Archer. Oh. Her name? They're Catherine going to see Archer. Catherine Archer, played by the great Christine Baranski, whose birthday is today, the day of recording. Wow. Enemy is probably close four in. weeks down the line. <laughs> Um, the day and you're listening to this it's yes Christine we're at the Ryan midpoint Christmas. they think they've solved the problem we've we've really guess like, what they haven't. I don't want to spoil the rest of the movie but the, their problems are just getting started hey, man. enemies closing in Absolutely. all right so with that said we love you guys so much and we hope even though there is a new you know there's all this family vacation and I did see on Instagram that there's going to be another season of Double Shot at Love uh, oh, featuring we some of our favorites, <laughs> Flashes and Darren and yeah, any more. It seems like they I don't got know what to do. a surprising number of people to come back to do I, that again. I can't believe it. Again. They're, they're able to, they're getting they're able to lock shot. it down. But in the midst of that, thank you for joining us on our discussion about the birdcage, which I think is very worth it. And if you trust us, which you do, you will find that this is a very worthy um a movie to spend so many podcast episodes on because it is truly, in my opinion, the funniest movie ever made. Oh, what else absolutely. are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, come at us, bro. Come yeah. at us, bro. One shot. One shot. You're in quarantine, bro. <laughs> and okay. while you're at it, leave a five star review. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.